gentlemen, welcome to episode 118 of the Whatever You Show. That's right, long hiatus over. We're back because we have nothing else to do because we can't leave our houses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All hail Corona. And that's right. Uh, um, so, of course, if, if you've forgotten, uh, we are your regular hosts. I'm Eddie, and with me, as always, is Matt. Um, we got a whole bunch of stuff, I think, to talk about today. Yeah. All right, so let's get into it. Anything going on in your neck of the woods lately? Um, I don't know, because I can't leave the house. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if I could leave the house, I, I assume there might be something happening, but I can't, so whatever. Um, I still do have to go to work, though, which, as it turns out, you're pretty much in the same boat there. Yeah. Um, I I mean, honestly, I, I can work from home a good portion of the time. I'm going in tomorrow because I have some things I got to do, but um, I'm, I'm going to make a case for my wife and I probably shouldn't be there at the same time, given uh, the current health crisis. So anyway, before we were rudely interrupted by my cat and my dog, who get along lovely, that's their, you know, th- that's that's how you can tell their friends is when one of them screeches at the other for like 15 solid goddamn minutes. Um anyway we were talking about um just the general corona thing so like i was saying before uh um i still do basically have to go to work and it's kind of weird because my routine isn't really all that different like i don't know how you guys are feeling but it's just a little eerie when you go outside and there's like lots of less people out there and you know like when you go to the supermarket and you just don't uh touch anything uh that you don't have to and you're really careful about everything um but other than that like for me it's mostly normal because uh, I don't know about you, but like I wasn't out partying all the time anyway, so it was mostly like um, I only went to the grocery store and home anyway, so not that weird for me. I mean, this is kind of business as usual for us, too, um, although we usually try and do stuff when we've got the kids around, and we can't do stuff right now. Yeah, that's frustrating. Like, like um, We went and worked in the backyard. Nice. Jada pulled a tree out with her bare hands. I. Uh, it, it's funny because for, for my daughter, um, Elle... Um, she's losing her mind because she can't have all the friends over and go to the parties and what have you. Um, but the boys, I don't know if they even know that there's anything special going on. They're they're just like, oh, we get uh, a month off of school and we just have to play video games. Oh, that's rough, you know. Yeah, yeah. Now L is short for eleven. Is that right? Uh, she's twelve, but close enough. <laughs> I got the joke. I got it. <laughs> I'm glad you did. Um, so yeah, we're we're kind of uh, we decided that we run we wanted to do this anyway. Um, again, mm-hmm. and we've talked about how to how to relaunch and and all that good stuff. And really, what it came down to um, was it's probably better that we we can figure out something to do in our own spaces and still be able to. Uh, entertain the three people that listen to the show. Yeah, thank you, uh, both of I you, mean, all of you. I mean, two two of them are sitting next to me, um, monitoring this whole thing <laughs> as it as it happens. Anyway, but so I I actually think this is kind of fun because um, well, number one, there's not a lot else to do, so we can do a lot more stuff now. Um, so we can release a podcast on the regular. We'll, we'll see, but hopefully. Um, but I also think we're gonna do the old pivot to video at some point. Uh, I'm pretty hyped about figuring out how we can, you know, have a YouTube presence and all that kind of stuff. So that'd be, be, that'd be a cool thing to figure out. Um, hopefully someday we can have, um, contact with other humans and, and maybe we can actually like set up, uh, I don't know, like a, whatever a news desk or something. Yeah. This is like super weird because, um, I, I, okay. We're on episode 118 plus all the specials. So for 130 or 140 episodes, 
we've done all but like two of them face to face so this is kind of messing me up yeah yeah this is weird um also you usually run all of the 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 tech that goes with the recording and i'm trying to do that myself right now and we'll see how that goes yeah i think you mostly got the hang of it we'll see (laughs) i really Um, hope so i can't hear myself out of my own out of my own cans right now so i'm i mean obviously i'm not doing something right yeah, I turned that off too. I'm using a USB microphone too uh, because weird stuff is happening and I can't monitor myself anyway. But uh, enough enough about the sausages made. Uh, one, one thing I wanted to talk about or that I was curious about is that with the whole corona panic going on, is there anything that you panic bought or overbought that you look back on now and you're just like, well, that was insane? No. Um, honestly like by the time it came down to it like it was time for us to do our like our regular shopping anyway so there's actually things that i don't have that i wish i did um for example i have less toilet paper than i normally would because everybody bought all of it about the time i needed to buy it anyway dude same okay so i'm I'm actually glad you said that because i i did the same thing um i basically did my normal grocery shopping i was a little bit more concerted in my last costco trip to make sure that i got stuff that uh for example kept a little longer or that i knew we'd use before we threw it out uh but same story basically i also uh i want to say last thursday like sort of as everything was really popping off uh and all the like no toilet paper memes were going about i had to go actually buy some toilet paper because we were just out so i went to safeway and i'm looking at the shelf and there's like four packages of toilet paper you know like the medium-sized ones and i grabbed two of them and i instantly felt like the most giant asshole in the entire universe uh but yeah i just went and checked out with my two things of toilet paper because and that was all i got and like i'm looking around as i'm checking out being like oh people are gonna hate me um but i was like it's just normal buying you know like we normally go to costco and buy the big thing that's like you know two or three of those at least uh but that's what we're stuck with so yeah 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 i mean i'm not i'm not dying uh we're we've we've got it so that's 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 gonna be uh fine i bought a bidet it's not here yet um it's been delayed twice now by amazon that certainly amazon that that fits that fits so i i've uh been thinking about buying a bidet because you know what the hell else are you gonna do i guess we could rip up some t-shirts or something um and, and I think that kind of falls in that category of things like my Amazon search history in the last couple of uh, last week, especially is wild because like I'm looking at all these different kinds of things like a bidet, which I never would have before. Um, I've got a variety of things in my search history, like hand crank generators and stuff like that. And it's like, you know what, if we get to the point where we have to turn to a hand crank generator, I'm probably already dead. Like, we're my family's probably already long gone (laughs) we have no guns we have no weapons like we're probably already way fucking out there um kids and i practiced some hand-to-hand combat yesterday oh there you go um and then and then we we got out the old the old pellet gun today shot that in the backyard you should be fine okay so we're i think we're saying our overall panic level is about medium I'm medium panicked. I'm not like quite so filled with anxiety. I'm just regular, you know, slightly above average anxiety for me. So I don't have anxiety. Um, it's not a, it's not really a thing I do. Um, but, uh, it's, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at this for me. It's, it's, it's as much business as usual as it can be. Uh, 
it's it's I mean, it, which is easy for me to say because I can do things like, you know, work from home and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the. The general feeling that I have, though, is is more of, yeah, I don't want to get the virus, but um, I also just want people to be better humans during this whole thing, because I think that's the part that bothers me the most is you know, like the guys that really do go buy six cases of toilet paper um, because, you know, they need to have a thousand rolls, you know, to survive a virus that really doesn't make a shit that much. It's not even, yeah, it doesn't. Um, if anything, we should be stocking up on tissue because uh, um, you're going to have to blow your nose a lot more than the other end. Um, yeah, uh, kind of the same. Um, I, I, I'm not really typically super uh, anxious in general i do have a little bit more anxiety about this but i kind of follow my general sort of rule of thumb which is like i try to only spend time worrying about things that i can actually do anything about and so in the vast majority of these things i really can't do anything about and i'm not going to go super crazy like especially because it like actively harms other people in my community if i like go to the local grocery store and buy out every fucking loaf of bread they have which i'm, I'm fine uh finally happy to see even um, some of the smaller groceries around me are limiting purchases of staples, which makes sense because um, we really probably should have been doing that for the last several days and then we wouldn't have as much of a problem as we have. So, um, yeah, cool. Uh, should, should we talk about less? Uh, I Yes, but I do want to give a shout out to everybody that does still have to go to work. Um, you know, people such as yourselves, people that work in retail stores, people in the medical field. Um, that just really don't have a choice but to be there and on the front lines. So uh, don't oh, don't God, think that yeah. you're not appreciated. And you know, just because there's people that are assholes, um, keep doing what you're doing because yeah, the rest of us need you. If you are being an asshole, especially to people like in say grocery stores or the health industry, please go find a cactus and just like sit right on it, um, it quickly as hard as you can. Um, uh, that just seems to be the right prescription for you get in your particular problems. Get your whole labia or scrotum right over the top of that thing. Yeah, you if really that's how you're just being. Like drag it around on there. Um, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, it's funny because I'm reading a lot of stories about the variety of sort of customers that you deal with on, um, you know, whether you're in, you know, say something like the healthcare industry or the grocery industry or whatever. Um, Jesus, man, like. What does it take for you to like be nice to these people who are you know basically keeping you alive? Um, on onto the show proper though. Um, what are we drinking tonight, Eddie? Hey, um, so we are rocking some. Uh, this is Pelican Brewing's uh, Dankest Hour Dark India Pale Ale. Yes, and it's it's fucking tasty. I, I'm I'm enjoying the hell out of it. It it is tasty. It was on sale when I bought it. It was eight ninety nine for the six pack, and I've bought a couple of them since then. Yeah, because you know, lots going on. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, well, that is that is kind of uh, we didn't like so much panic by it, but we were just like, so who knows how long there's gonna be stores open? Let's buy two and a half cases of beer. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so we're fortunate. Uh, Pelican, I, I want to say Pelican's local, aren't they? Uh, like they're Pacific Oregon? City. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Telemec, Oregon is what it says on the can. Um, but yeah, Pelican is actually one of my faves. They've got a lot of good brews that I like. Uh, Dankist is probably actually my favorite of theirs so far. I do like the breaker, but the breaker is more like, like we don't want to walk away from this train wreck sort of situation. Yeah. Dankist tower is not far behind it. No, it, it's only ABV 7.5. It's that's pretty solid stuff, but, uh, yeah, it's got a good flavor to it. 
Um, although I will say Pelican for me is a becoming a little bit like uh, one of those like all Pelican beers taste like Pelican beers sort of situation. I think it depends on on what you're getting. Yeah, um, they got they got some different stuff, but uh, they're ooh, I like their barley wine ale. I I don't think I've had had the opportunity. And their tsunami stout is is pretty delicious as well. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, that that's true. Stouts definitely take on a different characteristic, but the IPAs, especially um, from Pelican, to me, all start to feel a little bit the same, but not as egregiously as a lot of other breweries that we have around here. So, the good news is we're in Oregon, so we have breweries like we're just tripping over to get to good stuff, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, uh, speaking of that, another big shout out to the folks down at Conversion Brewing who are still open and doing their. Uh, carry out and deliveries they fed us dinner yesterday so excellent that's uh that's we were trying to figure out what to do and we're just like um let's try and support local businesses so they don't actually have to shutter their doors during this whole thing oh yeah for sure um so like there's a couple of things that just generally i'd recommend in this whole thing number one is wash your fucking hands you insane people like it's crazy what you see outside of your own house in terms of like hand washing and hygiene especially in light of this whole thing so just like wash your grubby mitts and keep them off of your face and out of your mouth i I can't believe i'm saying this but yes out of your mouth yeah uh uh and then secondarily if you have the means um Please take advantage of like the carryout situation. I'm not a scientist, but it seems to me that the generally accepted uh, thing here is you have an incredibly, incredibly low likelihood of contracting coronavirus through foodborne uh, situations. Uh, so even if somebody that you have that's uh, serving you food has corona, and even if they cough directly on your food, it's incredibly unlikely that you're going to get sick because um, this is a respiratory illness. And so, as you ingest that that uh, you know the, the corona, um, it it travels through your intestines, not your respiratory you know situation, and you're fine. Um, so the, the general like I was thinking about this a lot today because I was like really craving some coffee and i really wanted me to go get some dutch brothers but uh i was like well i'm probably gonna die if i do that and then i realized oh no wait that's not how this works at all all right so yeah uh so that's my recos uh um wash your fucking grubby mitts and yeah if you can if you can afford it um take advantage of whatever takeout or retail that is still available to you especially the smaller stuff like don't get me wrong the big name brands they're probably going to be fine except for gamestop fuck gamestop i hope they go out of business Um, no did you hear today they actually decided they're going to close oh wow (laughs) now now that they did they did they decide they're not an essential business now um they're still going to be offering a obviously everything online um and i think they're doing like a a a kind of a takeout service as well (laughs) i mean fine but like keeping retail stores open this right now is kind of insane like again unless you're grocery i think everybody else basically should be closed um yeah and maybe hardware stores maybe yeah you could make an argument for that um anyway let's 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 move on to something funner um sh- sh- do you do you want to talk about video games uh it looks like you ran the train on a few so uh, again we've had a lot of time on our hands uh but yeah, <laughs> uh, I got I got some video game topics to discuss. So I want to bring you all the way back to 2013 and talk about Grand Theft Auto V. Um, I just uh, <laughs> finally that be- game just won't go away. It won't. Um, so part of it is that like I now own, I think at least two copies. I think I think only two because I bought it on PS4 
and I've also, of course, bought it on PC when it came out and it was on a suitable sale. Um, so I just finally beat it, and I freaking love that game. I don't know what took me so long. It it is a lot of fun. Um, have you played much of that or any of it? I actually uh, GTA Five. I've never played. So I kind of would suggest like the next time it's on Steam sale, pick it up. Like, are you a fan of GTA at all? Uh, I played GTA Three and Vice City a fuck ton. Um, a little bit of San Andreas, and then nothing since. Yeah, so um, I, I played four, and similar story, actually, the, the GTA games I've, uh, since probably Vice City, I've been kind of sleeping on, like, I usually play them when they, you know, are suddenly $20 games or whatever, and then I play the hell out of them for, like, I don't know, a month, and then I'm kind of done with it, um, so that was the same story with GTA 5, I, I finally played through that, and, you know, I guess I could go through all the story and spoilers and all that kind of thing, um, I will say generally, <clears throat> I wanted it to be longer, like as a GTA game, I was kind of surprised because it felt short to me. That might be because I didn't do as much of the side mission stuff as I usually do, I think, because I was a little bit more engrossed by the story this time around. But yeah, just generally, I hope that this next set of games is longer. The other thing I will say is that, man, it's 2020. This game has been out for seven years or something like that. And holy hell, it still feels huge. Like um, the world, the things like just driving around listening to people the radio stations commentary etc it still feels gigantic like um you can still totally dive back into gta 5 today and i don't think it feels dated at all um so yeah i i I highly recommend uh even though i i do wish the story was a little bit longer i i may Um, check that out next time it's on sale yeah i mean you can't go wrong like it it is a gigantic game um in terms of like what you can explore and do um, outside of the main story. Um, and yeah, it, it ages very well. There's several t- times, you know, so like a big part of GTA, um, f- at least since three, when I started playing, has been like this sort of satire elements or the satirical elements where they kind of, um, you know, lambast the current uh, socio-political climate. And this game is like no exception whatsoever. Like, uh, um, the commentary from this game actually feels entirely relevant relevant to me in 2020 so much so that I, I've been wondering and I never did google it so maybe somebody can write in and tell me um, but I, I think they might have even updated the commentary you know as the uh, game's been out um, because there's just so many things that feel like incredibly and, and entirely topical now um that you know seven years ago would have been prescient but not quite you know the top of mind things so it also could be that humans are shit and the same things that were topical topical seven years ago are still that way because we don't actually correct our errors um you might be correct yeah (laughs) just just ballparking it you know that that that's a hard that's a hard bet to make if you're sitting there in 20 2011 2012 and you're developing a game and you're like you think humans are still gonna suck in 2020 and like everybody slaps a uh, you know a, a 20 dollar bill on the table yep 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 um yeah turns out we still super do um uh i also uh have been uh uh dipping my toes into doom and this is funny because everybody listening is like doom eternal yeah it came out like on friday awesome no i mean like doom like just doom uh as in the first like the reboot um that came out in like i want to say 2015 
So like maybe this is like my um, patient gamers moment. Um, this would be like the re reboot that came out in 2015 because there was one that came out like circa 2005, seven somewhere around there too. That was also just called Doom. Yeah, no, this this is the yeah it might be the re reboot, um, which is funny. Um, but yeah, I actually dig it. Like it, it's been fun so far. Um, I will say it feels easier than I remember Doom being. But it's also kind of cool because it it, uh, it makes you feel powerful in the game. Like, you go around and you just, like, slap the hell out of things. Uh, that's the other thing. Um, melee in this game seems to be much more prevalent than in previous games. Like, to the point of, like, you get special animations and stuff like that when you use it. And melee is just, like, OP compared to the stupid little pistol you start off with. Um, so I just am kind of running around ripping spines out of everything. Well, why wouldn't you? exactly um and we didn't put this on the list either um but uh uh fallen order uh we both played that i haven't actually finished it yet but uh um, oh where are you at um where am i at i think i'm on uh dothamir the actual like for the for the right there there's already a matte place section down there if you want to oh yeah yeah i got it um (laughs) I'm new here. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm on I'm on Dothamir um, proper. Like I I went to it ahead of when I was supposed to because uh, I I had to get me that sweet sweet uh, dual bladed lightsaber action. So did you did you find out about that ahead of time? Because I didn't. Like I just played the game, um, you know, raw. I just went into it and did it. And so like uh, when I read that later that you could just like skip to Dothamir and like go pick up the double blade. I was a little pissed off. I mean, you're going to get it eventually because you get it at the end of Keshi Ground 2 regardless. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I can't remember. I think Bailey told me that he went and did it ahead of time. And then yeah. I and then I, I was cruising around, um, getting my ass royally handed to me by uh, the Knight Brothers. And then... Um, then I realized that right where you get it is also right where you can't go any further anyway because you don't have the uh, the extra jump to get across that chasm. And so then I was like, yeah. well, I guess I'm on to wherever. It's kind of interesting because this game this game feels like a really good, like, say, 0.9 version of a game to me. Like, um, I loved it. I played a lot of it. Um, but there's just so many things that I was like, man, the next game of this is going to be so much better because we'll be able to do X, Y, or Z. Um notably like in that um, i'm hoping with the next game we open up and uh we don't regress so much in force power um so like did you play uh force unleashed at all i actually no i never played that game really that's funny um so i i played a lot of force unleashed and like in that game you're like a jedi god basically um you you uh come pretty much out of the gate just like whipping stormtroopers around like nobody's business uh uh lightsaber skills are up top notch there's certain skills you can unlock similarly to jedi order but just the power levels are and insane comparatively you know it's like if you watch uh say uh return of the uh no uh revenge of the sith and then you go and watch, um, you know, say Empire and like compare the lightsaber battles and stuff like that. Like the lightsaber battles are going to feel incredibly slow and underpowered if you watch them in that order. Whereas, of course, that was one of the things that we really enjoyed. I think if we go back to our Force Awakens episode, I'll talk about 
uh, I think we all probably talked about that a little bit. Like, I really like this slower lightsabers and not everybody's like a, you know, samurai ninja sort of, you know, spinning hedgehog of uh, lightsaber death. Um, <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Fallen Order feels a little bit like that to me. So, like, if you played a lot of uh, Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2 and then you go to Fallen Order, like, it feels comically underpowered. Like your character feels comically underpowered, especially starting off because like the two moves you start off with are basically like swing lightsaber, which is pretty powerful. Um, I, I do. I think they got lightsabers right in this game. And then um, you've got also your slow time thing. And then it takes a really long time before you progress and get all the other powers that you're accustomed to having in, in the sort of Jedi games, even going back to like, uh, Jedi Knight and Jedi Knight Outcast and all that kind of stuff. The the part that I actually struggle with the most is when you have to use multiple force powers simultaneously to accomplish certain goals. Like there's a um a a part on Dothamir that took me forever to realize that I had to like force push it and then also force slow it so that I like it's a wall and you have to move it. Oh yeah yeah. And and you've got to keep it in place long enough to be able to climb up it and I was like, "Oh, I have to use two powers." That's I don't know. I'm That's I'm really strange. a one button that? kind of guy. Yeah. Um the puzzles I thought were okay. Um there were a couple that it, that took me a little longer than others, but I I didn't think the puzzles were too ridiculous. Like they they felt like the right level of challenging to me. Um I I would very much like that they add sort of a um like on the increased difficulties I'd like the puzzles to be a little bit more challenging because there was nothing I got stuck on like you know, my, my formative experience is like playing Ocarina of Time and, and getting stuck on the fucking water temple for like a week. Um, nothing in this game was like that at all. Like um, nothing took me probably more than an hour to figure out. Yeah, I think if I that, think some of the divine beasts in Breath of the Wild were actually more difficult than than what I've run into on on uh, yeah. Fallen Order so far. And, and then I, I'll just say like the, the thing with Fallen Order is like uh, it has kind of a hell of a learning curve like it's one of those frustrating games where like you probably are gonna die a lot before you figure out the exact right move set to take out a particular character like have you made it to the big bad and dathomir proper no i i haven't i've not finished dathomir yet okay well good fucking luck with that because that one's a pain in the ass um uh just saying um but that you know it kind of preps you because the actual final boss battle is probably worse um the final boss battle in this thing is is a bit of a uh nightmare in terms of like uh fuck they hit me with that one move that they always do that comes out of nowhere and i never seem to predict even though it's pretty predictable you know like that that seems to be the thing a lot of the time um i fought the the night sister that was on not night sister one of the um one of the second sister probably and then you probably fought the ninth sister as well the ninth sister, I think, is the that's the heavy set gal on Kashyyyk, right? Yeah. With yeah, she was kind of a pain in the ass too. Like not not that she was ridiculous hard. I just kept making the same mistake over and over again. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that that's the same thing I did. Like, uh, um, and every single time you're like, fuck, I should have just hit Y and I'd be fine or whatever it was. You know, like yeah. it's always like it's always like swing, swing, block, swing, swing, block, and then you forgot the fucking block button or something like that, and then you're ruined. So. Um, yeah no it, it's it's really one of those things where it seems like the boss battles in this game are you are either gonna die a whole bunch of times or you are gonna beat the boss in like one health bar yeah um, you know what i mean like no stim packs or whatever like 
Oh, that's another thing. So I'll, I'll tell you now, because you're not super, super far into the game yet. Apparently, you can get like up to 10 stims. I had three. I never got above three stims until I beat the game. It's it's one of the it's one of the droids uh, upgrades. Oh, I know. I, I'm saying like you. I think you start off with literally zero. You can't heal yourself. It's uh, on a. It's on your skill tree. Like there's a um. What part of your skill trees uh, enables your droid to to have more stems? Yeah. Um. And but you find them throughout the world too. So the thing is, like, you can find them in chests and stuff like that throughout the world. Yeah. So I beat the game with three, and then I was like on the subreddit, like reading threads about it, uh, and people were like, "Yeah, I only had seven stims going into this boss battle," and I was like, what "The fuck, you had seven? You had seven? <laughs> <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had fucking three, man." Um, yeah. So it makes or it really may- hard. Uh, maybe the skill tree is that your stems heal for more it, every time. Yeah, I, that's what. Yeah. I think you're right. I think I think it's the healing factor that you get out of the stems on the skill tree, um, or you know something along those lines i don't think you can actually get more stems through the skill tree but um yeah i only had three and that made the game really difficult yeah yeah you know that's where i'm at too is three so we'll see we'll see how far i get until i decide i'm gonna start you know cruising the cruising the galaxy looking for more stems yeah i also keep waiting like this game seems to me like ripe for um some sort of like spider-man-esque dlc so like um you played spider-man right yeah 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 um so the dlc packs on that are actually pretty solid and they add a substantial amount to the game like i actually actually i'm done with the game proper and i'm gonna start on the on the dlc pretty soon yeah we we got the dlc and i'm i'm impressed by it actually this this one actually feels worth it in terms of like buying dlc which in general i'm not a super big fan of like the way i think of dlc is like back in the day when we had expansion packs for like the, the you know the battle chest on uh, Diablo or whatever, um, or Warcraft, and those added a shit ton to the game. Um, and the Spider-Man DLC actually kind of feels like that to me. Like they're they're pretty solid sets of uh, packs, and so I I highly recommend them. But um, this game seems like it's like just that kind of thing. Like it's a little disappointing they already haven't come out with a DLC for it um, because it could be amazing. Especially because there's just a lot of low hanging fruit in terms of like things that they touch on that they did okay or things that um are easily improved um even backstory sort of things that get addressed but don't really get fleshed out that hard uh yeah this like i said this game feels like a very very good point nine i i I wish they'd come out with some more dlc or you know just release the sequel already release it you cowards yeah all right uh let's move on um so Minecraft, huh? Yeah, Minecraft. I, I, I suppose like many, many millions of people this week, I'm we're rediscovering Minecraft. Um, so what's funny is I haven't played Minecraft, uh, in like two or three years. Um, certainly like you know, seven or eight versions ago. Like I think we we're in single digits in ver- in terms of version. And the other big thing, um, what finally convinced me is I was listening to an entirely different podcast talking about how he's playing minecraft with his uh and they're doing it across three different platforms um so like in in their case they're playing it across an ipad a, a playstation and a actual like real pc um and i was like oh that actually would solve a lot of problems because one of the reasons we wouldn't play it in my family is because there weren't enough pcs to go around because of course everybody would be playing the java edition as far as i know 
Um, except for there's this new thing out called the Bedrock Edition, and it's basically which is a Windows 10 app. Yeah, or just cl- cross platform. Like if you buy it on the PlayStation, if you buy it on Android or iOS, um, you're getting the Bedrock version. Um, and then of course you can download the Windows 10 app. Um, which is bedrock as well. And now you can do cross platform play with everybody. So there are some upsides and some downsides. So um, uh, upside wise is obviously cross platform play. Like it's, it's very cool because uh, my youngest son has only experienced Minecraft on the PlayStation and through a controller. And so sitting him down in front of a keyboard or mouse would kind of probably mess with his brain a little bit. Um, but he can keep playing it on the PlayStation and I can play it on my PC and we can still, you know, share that experience together. Um, they're... Well, knowing, knowing Kellen as I do, he's a creature of habit anyway. So Yeah, a little bit. Um, like, I, I think a PC, you know, gameplay is not too far from that because he's starting to sit down at my computer and get curious. But um, um, just generally speaking, he's much more comfortable with a controller at this point than anything else. Um secondarily like we just don't have enough pcs in my house to play uh the java edition um uh for everybody um you know like my my middle you know my middle child my son has his pc and i have my pc everybody else though is dealing with phones ipads playstation or whatever um so it's been a lot of fun to play uh together uh i also found out pretty quickly it's very very easy to run the server version of this um so if you want you can set up a server pretty quickly um for your own house <clears throat> at least if you're at all inclined to do such a thing um it, it's pretty easy i i of course set up a linux server because why wouldn't i um everybody else um the windows server mac os server is like pretty really ridiculously easy to set up um uh, i run a server off of the off my mac mini that just chills here and does nothing but run minecraft yeah <clears throat> Um, I think I, I have this and I have my old um, Java version of Minecraft server running. Um, but this one actually even seemed a little bit easier to set up. Probably that's because uh, it, it is compared to, compared to the Java version. Um, there's like basically no options. Um, you can, you you know, basically run it, set a few different uh, properties in the config file and then just, you know, run the server. Um, but I was pretty impressed by it because, you know, like I said, we're all playing across all these devices and, um, you know, like I remember the skew between like say Minecraft pocket when it first got released on like iOS and stuff like that and the actual Java version. And it was like, wow, these are practically different games because like the pocket edition was like a 10th of the original Minecraft. Um, fortunately bedrock is, you know, like 90 five percent of the way there i'd say like i don't really miss the java version other than that if you want to get into mods and stuff like that then you're kind of hosed but um the, the bedrock edition is pretty great i think so far right on yeah we may check that out we still run java yeah and in, in this house i don't, but, I don't you blame know. you like if we all had pcs to play on that's what we'd be we'd be doing um and so far, like I, I keep being happy about the convenience of like, oh, I can just whip out my phone and I can connect to the server that's running on the same thing as I, I do on my PC and play it. But I practically never do that. So um, um, if, if there were a Java version that I could play it probably with Kellen on PlayStation, I'd probably do that. But, you know, here we are. Yeah, the Java Java works better for us. It's what my it's what my Mac runs is Java, and then the girls at their mom's house each have their own PC in their room, and so they can connect into the server whenever they want. Right on. I don't think they have in like six months, but you know they can. 
I'm saying they're gonna they're gonna run out of stuff to do pretty soon. <clears throat> yeah, I mean they're here right now, so yeah. we'll um, see. There's plenty <laughs> of yard work to do. There you go. Now we're talking. Um, finally, um, in keeping with the mood of the whole you know general state of things, uh, I I right at the top of this was like, oh, I should play The Last of Us. Um, so I I have not beaten The Last of Us, and in fact, I would say I'm probably at the midpoint of the game. But man, is it good! Like, uh, um, we're gonna talk about Last of Us again in a little bit. Um, I'm super excited for the second game to come out. Actually, that's kind of like my impetus to um, play more Last of Us. Is that um, the the second game presumably will be out sometime this year? Hopefully, God willing, that doesn't get delayed any further than it already has. Um, and then, of course, uh, HBO. We're gonna talk about this later. Um, has picked up a. I mean, if video game coders aren't working right now, it's because they're just using this, you know, really as a big excuse because they don't have to code. It's like that XKCD, like codes compiling, can't do anything, you know. Uh, um, Yeah. But yeah, I I have a feeling video game uh, coders can continue to do their job. It's just what are people going to release? The fortunate thing is like... I will will tell you, though, that bandwidth is is at a premium these days because now that more people are working from home and using the internet to entertain themselves while they're trapped in their own little personal dungeons uh it's 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 kind of taken its toll on the internet oh yeah as, as a we whole. were you know like one of the problems we had setting up this recording was uh my internet has barely worked all day like for uh whatever reason i can sometimes stream just fine and then i it just drops out and then i can't use the internet and then i'm just kind of stuck so um but yeah short story last of us great game if you haven't played that um check it out for sure um i've been playing it a lot it's it which is again kind of funny because you'd think like there's a lot of people i think who would want the opposite of that type of media right now and instead like i'm going like full post apoc train you know um all right let's take a quick break and then uh yeah we'll come back and hit some more video game talk all right, uh, so we got more video game nerdery. Uh, Matt, tell me about uh, the, the, the the end of your marriage, I guess? <laughs> uh, it, it seemed like it last week, um, especially when I got stuck on a, on a boss that took me like four times to, yeah. to kill. Um, uh, four times spread out over like two days. Yikes. Um, Is that a long battle or like you played it for five seconds and sucked at it? Um, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's I, I almost beat him. I almost beat him a whole bunch of times, but uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where, like, inevitably, like he whips out some mega power and kills me right before yeah. the end. Um, but uh, but I mean, I figured it out. Um, uh, no, it's um, we're not really getting divorced, but man, she was she was pretty pissed off at me yeah. for a couple of days. So what what game what um, game is causing this marital strife? This would be Dragon Quest Eleven S, the definitive edition. Um, S for Switch. Um, and probably one of the greatest advantages and also disadvantages of the switch is that, uh, you know, you just undock it and it's portable. So if your wife's watching a show on TV, uh, you can still play your video game and ignore. (laughs) Well, I mean, presumably she's watching the video game. She's ignoring you as much as you are her. One. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she's on a Roseanne kick. She's been watching a lot of Roseanne. uh, You were watching that, um, when I was over there last week, um, I yeah. actually kind of miss that show. Like back in the day when Roseanne was only regular crazy, not like super crazy. Instead yeah. of batshit psycho, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's it's a fun show. Um, it's you know 
Um, the Carters were always struggling for money and owned a better house than I do. So, yeah. I mean, there's that. Well, the 80s, you know, that helps. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So tell me about Dragon Quest. What's what's uh, what's going on there? So it's a JRPG, uh, which is uh, probably my favorite platform or my favorite uh, 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 genre of video game. That's funny. Like, um, I can play JRPGs, but I've never really gotten into them at all. Like maybe Final Fantasy VII. But that's about it. Yeah, uh, I super like very story-driven things, which JRPGs uh, oh, tend to yeah, be. Yeah, so don't um, get and me wrong. They're so also I, not usually the gameplay that kills me. Uh, they're not. They're not necessarily JRPGs are not designed um, to um, uh, bend you over and rape you uh, before you can see the story. So much. Yeah. Um, not that they're necessarily easier. I mean, you still have to know how to like balance your classes and your powers and all that good good stuff to to survive. But um, that's that's all part of the fun for me. Um, I think you probably appreciate more of the games that are active versus the passive uh, battle Absolutely. systems. So like instead of completely turn based, like if you don't actually make a move, you'll still get your yeah. ass kicked, kind of a thing. Um. Which this is this is not as much like that. It's still pretty much turn based, uh, but it everything moves so quickly. It's not like you notice. Um, I'm I want to say forty five hours into oh, it. Wow. I think. Um, so which I think is about two thirds of the way through the game. Um, and I'm I'm having a good time. Uh, the the thing about the Switch edition is there's a whole fuckload of stuff that isn't available in any of the other platforms uh so ps4 uh pc or whatever they don't actually have some of the content that's in this game um there's whole little side missions that you can do in a in a 2d uh reality that uh um, aren't available on the other platforms as well as instead of um having to stick with the classic dragon quest midi uh sounds um and music the uh the switch edition um had its whole soundtrack redone by an actual orchestra oh that's actually really cool yeah yeah so i'm having a good time with it i actually bought it a long time ago and it just it takes me a long time to get through games because you have you know family stuff life why not i have the same problem yeah problem i mean depending on who the audience as much as i don't like to admit that i'm a grown-up yeah yeah it's rough though so, but yeah, I'm about two thirds through it. Um, we'll do a we'll we'll do a more of a of a full recap when I'm done with it. I'll probably let you borrow it when I'm done with it. That sounds cool. Like like I said, I I don't think I've really played any um of that style of game. Probably going back to you know Final Final Fantasy seven or eight. Um, Ooh, before we leave video games, I just I wanna I wanna give another shout out to the Switch. Um, I've always been a fan of the Pokemon games, and the biggest detractor to them though was that like none of my kids could borrow my pokemon games because the game saves to the cartridge and you only have one save file per card like for the game that's rough right nintendo actually did us a huge solid with the switch because it does all of your game saves to the actual device itself or you know the cloud or whatever and doesn't save anything to the cartridge so um, with Pokemon Shield, I've been playing that game as well as Natalie has also been playing because uh, she borrows it from me from time to time. And it, I'm not actually in constant fear that she's going to delete my game by accident. So, <laughs> you know, big ups to Nintendo for figuring that shit out. 
Yeah, severely hope to God that was a limitation on the, you know, um, it, it had to be. In fact, I, and this is a stupid thing to posit, like that was definitely a limitation of the technology at the time because uh, it's insane not to do anything else. Um, I actually, that's one of the things that I liked about the PS4 is that PS4 saves are scoped to uh, your user. Um, so that's one of the things that actually really frustrates me about like say iOS, like I want to be able to hand a kid my iPad and have them not fuck up everything I'm on, uh, I'm doing on it, but that's just not a thing that's there yet. Why don't you, why don't you tell us about the, uh, the, the last of us, uh, as a series? Yeah. So I, I don't have a lot to say on this other than that. Uh, it's kind of funny because HBO announced that they're going to be doing a last of us series, which is super exciting because this is exactly the type of property that you want to see go to HBO. Um, like it, it's very, uh, especially for a video game, like the story is really the thing. Like if we're being honest, I don't actually particularly like the combat system in the last of us or the gameplay a lot. I keep playing because I want to hear and see what happens next in the story. Um, so I'm very, very excited to see this going to, um, HBO, uh, because number one, I think that means it can get the budget to do it justice. And number two, um, it'll get the story attention to do it justice. So, uh, yeah, very hyped about this. The other sort of like, they're not going to let Benioff and Weiss take over. Are I they? I don't think they are. In fact, I'm not sure anybody like Benioff and Weiss, I don't think are going to be allowed to take over like even a hamburger stand for the next, you know, 20 years or so. Um, at least God willing. Um, because because there's a whole bunch of us that saw the last season and a half of Game of Thrones and we're not impressed. Yeah, th- we all saw the exact moment when they ran out of book material and didn't know what the fuck to do. Um, yeah. Um, so, no Benny F. and Wise. I think this is going to actually hopefully be pretty solid. Um, we'll see. Uh, HBO has an amazing track record when it comes to adapting properties and just putting out good TV. So I have a lot, a lot of high hopes for this particular thing. Also, funnily enough, they announced a press con- or like a press release sort of thing, um, or answered some question at a, uh, uh, that said like, "And we're not going to change the uh, the one of the main characters' sexuality," which is like, well, duh, who was even thinking that? Like, who 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 was thinking that was going to be a thing that you were going to do? Uh, but anyway, it it looks to me like this this has the potential for being really really good. So look forward to that. Like the only uh, sort of question i have about is um how much they're gonna retread the walking dead um that said the walking dead really kind of blunders a lot of the same sort of material that um the last of us could go over so we'll see like my hope is um uh you know so of course the last of us game uh um has a pretty big story arc that they could follow for, you know, three or four seasons. My hope is that's kind of what we're looking at, like a three, four or five, maybe seasons of, of show. And then they're just done. Uh, uh, if I, I definitely don't want to see them, you know, trail off past the games too far, uh, unless they've really, really got a good story to tell. I, I think, I think we're seeing more of that in modern times with, uh, TV shows that um, have a really successful run and then they end after like season three or four like Legion was a was is a big one that comes to mind and um, it, it did really well for FX and and like the the fans were like no we want more and like the the writer was like no this this is what I intended to do and we did it so we're yeah. done I, th- I think Legion 
could have gone on, but yeah, there's definitely some other properties like that. Like Mr. Robot is the one that comes to my mind. Uh, Mr. Robot went out on a very, very high note in terms of like ratings and stuff like that. Um, um, but it was like they had four seasons of planned material and that's what they made. Like I, I, I want to see more things like that. Um, there are definitely some TV formats that are suited to, you know, just like go on forever. But when you're telling an episodic story driven sort of content, like I picture the last of us being, or, you know, like Mr. Robot or whatever. Um, yeah, that's not something that I just want to see like you pulling out of your ass every week. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Also speaking of, uh, Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, kids and I watched, uh, Jumanji, the next level this evening that, that's a hell of a segue um, and, there you got there Holmes. well I'm, I'm getting there i'm getting there so the the final boss or the villain of the game uh was actually none other than the hound himself oh, really which i was that's yeah. hilarious <laughs> which which i was pretty impressed by uh so that was that was um it was a lot of fun um it was odd watching the rock um emulate a, a danny devito character uh Kevin Hart uh is the Danny Glover character was was hilarious and then they actually do a, a couple not to spoil anything but they do a couple switch ups throughout the uh um the movie so that uh, by the end of the movie the uh all the characters are not played by the same or not all of the same avatars are the same people anymore oh that's kind of neat actually I like that so yeah yeah so um it, it was a lot of fun it was very entertaining lots of laughs uh I recommend it for anybody that likes, you know, uh, just 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 a fun movie. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know it's it's a it's a game or a movie about people getting sucked into a video game. So I mean, it's not. I mean, speaking of, it's not breaking new ground, but it's it's a lot of fun. Speaking of, um, along the lines of like terrible recommendations that I can't actually really recommend. I watched the Sonic movie today. Um, Ooh, why? I I don't know. Glutton for punishment. Um. It's it's not a good movie. I won't recommend it. Like I'm not gonna go say, it. but it was better than I expected. Like not gonna lie. So I was I was one of those that was like, oh, I really appreciate that they listened to the fans about how horrible Sonic looked and actually redesigned him and re redid like the entire movie, um, for that. Uh, but then I was like, oh, but they cast Jim Carrey as the villain, so I'm really not interested at all. I mean, it it is Jim Carrey at you know his Jim Carrey level of hamminess. So yeah, I, I, if if that's going to turn off for you, I can't recommend, but yeah, I I thought it was an okay. It, it was, it was, it was okay. Like I didn't feel like my time was wasted, but nor would I be like, Oh, like you should see this movie. Like it, it definitely is not like, it's like a, it's a good background movie. A good, like you got nothing else for, you know, movie night with the kids, like maybe throw it on there. My daughter did actually go to see it when theaters were still a thing. And she did inform me that after the first, uh, say, four minutes, she just put on her AirPods and listened to music the whole time. So I definitely feel good about the $6 that I spent on that ticket, um, is what I'm saying. So I had a plan uh, when I realized I could possibly be spending more time at home um, during this whole thing. And one of my plans was that I was actually going to finish watching Watchmen, the series. Ooh yeah, do it. Um, and then, and then, and I, I, I do still plan on doing that. I've only actually watched the first episode, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. But uh, it, it's only uphill from there. Yeah, like it only gets better. 
yeah so my um but my plans have been pseudo thwarted by the fact that um, there's all of these movies that are releasing early on digital now uh, because people can't go to the theater and see them yeah we were texting about this the other day like do it bring on all those new business models like uh it's funny because you know what what did i text you something like just release the movie and make it twenty dollars uh to rent or whatever and i'll still pay that because it's still cheaper than going to the theater that's like exactly what's happening um so like i i want to say except i think you get to own the movie for 20 bucks uh for some some of them them, yeah some of them you can just straight up buy right now um and then some of them are like you can only rent uh so I, i i was particularly looking at amazon and i can't remember what the titles were um but that was the sort of split like some of them were like uh buy now for twenty dollars and some of them were like rent for twenty dollars and i brilliant just like keep doing it like i think there's two uh really viable paths forward and number one is like the disney plus sort of like we're releasing it now um sign up and buy our streaming shit yeah um i have mixed emotions about that i do enjoy the theater experience uh to some extent because i'm very much a multitasker Mm -hmm. should we say while i'm watching things i'm I'm a lot of the time playing video games on my phone and and things like that and you can't really do that in the theater so when i actually pay for a ticket um i find myself actually watching the movie a whole lot more Yeah, for me it's whereas when i'm at home I, i get very distracted you know easily for me it's it's the technology so like when i go to a theater most of the time i'm viewing it on a better bigger screen a way better audio like uh um so it, it's not surprising at all the type of movies that i go see tend to be like the blockbustery sort of like big loud you know uh, uh uh sort of seminal movies of the year um which is unfortunate for, but, for some reasons like I, I remember when i was a kid i used to go see like smaller ish movies that uh, um didn't really fit that bill but now it's basically like i go out for an avengers movie or for a star wars movie and, and not a lot else so yeah uh yeah i i mean i still go see other movies as well um i mean casey and i don't like go watch rom-coms and stuff like that that's not really yeah how I, either one of that, us like, are programmed we were kids when ashley uh, and i were kids we would go do that all the time like we would just like it was almost like a you know sort of random like throw a dart at the thing and see what we're gonna go see sort of situation uh that's absolutely yeah. not the case anymore like anymore it's just like we go see the big the big movies of the year sort of situation so yeah um i nat and i go see movies uh occasionally um you know hotel transylvania 3 and and things like that we actually we actually went and saw onward mm-hmm. uh last weekend and uh uh really enjoyed that actually it was it was a, a fun movie I, I rolled a tear toward the end oh, right on. uh uh natalie enjoyed it quite a bit and then that was one of the ones that uh disney actually pulled from theaters when theaters had to close and they're just like you know what here you go it's on digital now yeah so i think i think the the kids are all gonna watch that tomorrow yeah. while i'm at work that again though i think that's like a smart move like um uh it it's kind of interesting to me like uh so marvel for example has delayed the release of uh black widow and i wonder if that's like the right call here like i'm, because- I'm gonna say no I, I, I don't think it is like I, th- I think that they'd have a better chance of like coming up with a different model and just like releasing it now my producers are both telling me that that's a bad idea 
what releasing it now releasing it late oh yeah yeah um yeah i don't think releasing it late is a smart idea because uh um you know they've already been building hype for the last few months uh and when are you gonna have a more wrapped audience like there's a whole fucking lot of people who will go see whatever the newest marvel thing is we all go and we pay you know 20 plus dollars to go to the theater put it on a digital thing and see what you can get for it. Like my guess is you make at least as much money, if not more, because the other thing too, is like as much as I want to support, like I, I particularly like my local theater. Um, and I like giving them money because the, you know, they do a really good job of being a theater and, and providing a good experience. But that's, that's kind of our thing too. I think your local theater probably has more amenities. Like I, I know you told me that they just put in like the, the really nice seats and all that kind of stuff. Whereas ours are, are still. Yeah. Full recliners and that kind of nonsense. Yeah. We don't, we don't have that at our local uh, theater, but I do really appreciate that our local theater has done absolutely everything in their power to get the movies that people want to see. Um, they keep prices low. Their concessions are dirt cheap compared to going to a chain. Like it's, it's absolutely unheard of that. Like, I mean, I, I can go, Natalie and I went last weekend and, you know, our tickets, you know, for two of us to go see the movie was like 12 bucks. And then I think we, we bought popcorn, candy and, and sodas for both of us. And it was like another $14, which I mean, $14 doesn't even get you the popcorn and the soda. It's about the same for us. You know, one soda and one popcorn at, at a chain theater and you know so i don't know um i it's it's businesses like them that i i don't want to see suffer during this whole thing but at the same time i think this is going to make people reevaluate how they do things yeah like uh, same same so like i really like my local theater and pricing wise is is probably pretty similar if not like a 50 cents cheaper here and there but um so if I'm Marvel, I'm thinking like I can release that movie though, and people are still going to pay fifteen or twenty dollars to rent it, uh, uh, and there's no middleman, like there's no distribution, there's no like I got to give a cut to the theater, there's no like none of that. It's just straight up like I get direct yeah. consumer. I mean, there's dollars. there's a middleman because Disney Plus doesn't do it. They don't have an a la carte option right now. I mean, they could very easily, but. But that's what I'm saying. Like, there, there's a lot of different things. So, like Disney, for example, um, it, it would surprise me if they're not thinking about like what would the sub count look like if all of a sudden the Marvel franchise was only on Disney Plus. Like, what if you couldn't go to the theater um, and you couldn't buy the Blu-ray for the next six months? What if you only could get it through Disney Plus? What would the sub count look like then? Like that's got to be a calculation they make. And then secondarily, I think they've got to be looking at like right now, specific to everything that's going on. They've got to be looking at like, what if we just sold it a la carte? Like, what if it was just and and uh, you know, there is a premium like celebrity only service for this kind of thing, where like you can buy a movie that you can stream in your house. Uh, but it's like a hundred dollars and you need like several thousand dollars of a special equipment to even be able to do that. Um, and that makes sense for them to do. So I have to think that they're, they've got to be thinking like right now, what if we charge $50 to see black widow right now? Uh, would people pay it? What about 40? What about 30? What about 20? You know, like there's a, there's a happy medium in there somewhere where I bet they could easily uh, increase sales over what they're doing at the box office because there are people and and I'm not really one of these, but for a while, especially with the major chain theaters, like that, I I just wouldn't go. Like uh, I wouldn't go to a major chain theater 
um, um, because it's just so much more comfortable to do it at home. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I think they may rethink things after um, they see how some of the stuff goes. Plus, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're thinking this is over in a month. You know, um, there's oh, they're insane if they're thinking that there's definitely uh, a lot of uh, evidence to prove otherwise. But I mean, I I, I just think about the fact that uh, there's a lot of studios that are not uh, delaying things. Um, Trolls World Tour was like Natalie's big thing this 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 coming month is like she's like, no, I want to go see it and I want you and mom to go and blah, blah, blah. That's not going to happen because, it, it, you know, um, it's supposed to come out April 10th. Um, and I think it is still releasing in some theaters that are open in some places, which is going to be like four, because by that point, like nothing's going to be open. So, yeah, but they're also releasing it direct to digital on the same day to buy for $20. So we'll, we'll do that and, and hang out and watch the movie together when it comes out. Um, just won't be in the theater. So, yeah. Anyway, I, I think there's a, there's a big argument, I think for that model, like, there's a ton of movies that if you just told me like I can buy it now and it'll be, you know, even $30, $40 maybe. I can buy it now and own it forever. Like uh there's a lot of movies that I would do I would do that for versus going to the the theater for. And and I think if anything what this will do to people is, you know, should the theater model survive this um it'll definitely be one of those kind of things where people are like, okay, well, there's no good reason it takes six months now from the time that it comes out in the theater and ends its run till the time I can buy it. So why oh, yeah. don't we just have those movies when the theater runs are over? You know what I mean? Yeah. On, onward, for example, is a good reason, you know, good example of that. Like it wasn't planned to have their theater run be over, but it it's theater run is over. Like we're not going to be opening back up in two or three months or whatever. And they're going to, you know, keep showing onward or whatever. So it, it's very, very smart. I think they're releasing that the way that they are. Um, uh, and yeah, same thing. I, I always got very frustrated, especially when I was a kid. Like, do you remember when it used to be like, you'd go see in the theater and then you practically forget that the movie ex- even existed before you could buy it on so- some sort of home media. Oh, and first like first release movies too were expensive as hell anyway. Yeah. Um so like a- and the thing that was stupid is like there was no interim where you could do anything about that. Like when I was a kid, you know, like it would just be like, "Oh, that movie was in the theater," and then you'd wait like a year, and then it'd finally come out on home video or whatever. Um, but there was no like you could download it in the middle, or there was no like you know you could go to some theater and you could see it. Like it was just like, why? Why the fuck is this taking so long? Um, yeah. So especially in the world of digital, I, I'd basically like it so that when it gets down to you know say like ten percent of the theater run, because some movies run in theaters for a very long time, like just put it out. Just like let me go get it. Yeah. Well, and I remember like uh price tags on on VHSs, you know, when I was a kid were like $20 was an average price for a movie that had been available for a while, but like when they first came out they were like 35 or $40 sometimes for a VHS and like now I look at it and I'm like, man. Yeah, that and that was what like 1990 something dollars. Yeah. If that. I mean, 80s too, you know, like that's that's I remember my mom bought us E.T. for Christmas one year on on VHS. I have no idea how much that cost. Yeah, no, same. Like, I remember buying um, VHS, and for a while, we actually had a beta player in my house, uh, and I remember, like, buying tapes for those things. And 
thinking about what that costs, you know, relative to today, it's insanity. Like, I I cannot believe we ever paid that much money for that. Betamax died because of the expense. Yeah. We talked about movies uh, coming out early. We we definitely talked about some new series. But what we haven't talked about yet is uh, a series that Eddie and I have been very vocal about on uh, social media and whatnot. Um, in a positive way, uh, whereas the rest of the world seemingly is not positive about it. Um, and we're talking about Star Trek Picard. Yeah. Um, so this one, I would say I would charitably describe as mixed reviews for most people. Like, uh, but I, I freaking love it. I, I, I generally do not get what people's gripe is about the show. Like, I really, really enjoy it. Like, other than the fact that, and we'll talk about this in a second because this is a bullet point I put in there, but like, um, it's not like, it's not like classic Trek. Like, it's not, um, there's a lot of differences between how this show shows things and how, say, like, TNG showed it. Like, uh, how Picard is in this show versus how he was in TNG. Like, there's a lot of different things here. And you know what? Like, I just enjoy this as a property because for me it comes down to, like, oh, because TNG never really took those things seriously and this show gets to. So um, so we're going we're gonna to dive a little bit into some spoilers uh when we talk about this not not a ton because the the actual the last episode is actually coming out in a few days um so we'll be able to talk a little bit more in depth about it after that that show has aired but i mean in general the consensus i get is people are like well that's not trek because trek existed in this utopian society which is fine a, a little which bit which is yeah. fine um but what Picard deals with is what happens to somebody who did exist in that utopian society. And then that utopian society became dystopian instead. And I think that's relevant because we all kind of have felt that way about our own situation um, a, a few times. And I, and I don't think it has to be, well, this is in Trek because it's not a B or C. This is what happens when you take a B or C out of the equations and you're left to deal with D E and F. Well, Okay, so I think I think that's actually apt, and I think it kind of relates to how I think about it. So it's it, it's like consequences are a thing in Picard, um, uh, much in the way that you're talking about. Like, so society's changed, and it's a little bit more dystopian. Uh, I wouldn't say it, it's a dystopia, um, but it, it's definitely moved in that direction, and it's a little bit more, uh, uh, or a little bit less like sort of like. Um, I mean, I, I suppose it depends on where you're at. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Romulan refugee, things are pretty fucking dystopian. Yeah, I mean, there's always been a little bit of that in in the Star Trek universe, but like the Federation, for example, in TNG could do no wrong. Like there there was only a a couple of episodes I could think of in which, you know, like a Federation actor really took the wrong moral stance on something like that. And even then they argued it like it was a moral stance, you know, like uh, um, I just watched the episode not uh, just a couple of days ago where data had a daughter which is entirely relevant given the 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 lol yeah lol exactly um that's l-a-l not l-o-l uh so i just watched that episode and the, there was this like sort of like the federation wanted to interfere then and uh take lol and you know you know basically do this sort of like dystopian sort of thing you'd think about it but even then that turned into an argument and uh it was just the words that they were convinced you know specifically the one admiral character was convinced not to do that um 
so like that's not picard i think the modern star trek both discovery and picard now um are i want to say just a little bit more realistic like i I don't know if that's entirely correct but they're certainly more action driven for sure uh um and secondarily like there was this credo amongst trek uh especially when roddenberry was running it with like there would be no interpersonal drama like there would be no, no conflict yeah there'd be no conflict yeah. between say like troy and uh uh Guinan because they were just beyond that uh and that's just not really how humanity works or at least how we picture humanity today um so that that's not a thing that exists in the new properties and in star trek picard and in uh, uh Disco- discovery um there is they they are driven partly by interpersonal conflict that's actually why uh, TNG got exponentially better um, after season two, because uh, after season two is when um, uh, Roddenberry had to step back because of his health, and Maurice Hurley actually left the show at that point as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the writers were allowed to actually write a little bit uh, of, of back and forth between the crew members uh, as well. And I don't know. Uh, I, I love TNG. It's 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 my trek because obviously classic trek was over by the time i came around mm-hmm. and uh and tng was brand new when i was like i i think nine or ten so um it was it was right in my wheelhouse uh for that and then it's also kind of one of the things that that uh i was thinking about earlier is i think people's reaction to picard is also maybe the same reason i didn't care for ds9 when it first came out but then later on in life when i realized that grown-up shit happens uh i i rewatched ds9 and i fucking love it because there's a lot of a, a whole lot of that okay maybe the federation isn't perfect all the time and maybe there's times when they have to do you know things that aren't quote unquote honorable in order to uh you know get a victory over an enemy that is actually really fucking bad so yeah um yeah hard agree like that that's the same way i feel about picard like um there's just a lot more like uh expanding the universe and story building that doesn't happen i think in some other places so like for example um so number one i should mention i just watched uh the first two next generation movies uh generations and then uh first contact um, I just watched directed by Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, two takes Frakes. Uh, I just uh, uh watched uh, next or uh, um, first contact today, and one of the things that struck me was that it almost set the precursor for like Picard very very well because Picard's experience as a member of the Borg uh should be this like traumatic you know like uh life changing altering event, and first contact deals with that hugely. Whereas when I think back to uh, TNG, like it literally like after the next episode, like that was it. We were done and we were just back. You had you had the best of both worlds parts one and two. And then you had family after that, which is the episode where he went back and visited his brother on Earth. And there was they touched on it there because he was almost going to retire and and, like go work on some fucking aquifer or something. That's it. Like. do, the city of Atlantis. They were doing something with the fucking You're city right. of Atlantis. Like or they wanted like to that. do under, then, underwater sort of exploration shit. Because again, I just watched that episode like a couple of days ago as well. Um, but like, yeah, but that's that's the last time they really touch on it at all in exactly. TNG. And so like, 
that should be something that is a carry on that should shape a person for a long time and it just never it doesn't show up that way like i like i like picard for that because you get a little bit of nostalgia in that like oh they're referencing that thing i watched um but also i like it because it's like oh and they're actually showing the consequence of that sort of thing like there there's another episode uh God damn, I, I don't know why I don't remember the name of the episode, but you know the one where he gets sucked up by the probe and basically lives out a whole entire life and family um, with that. Uh, inner Light. Yeah, Inner Light, Inner Light. They touch on that a little bit in Picard as well. And it, I, I like those nods back to TNG because it's like, oh, those should have been like things that we dwelt, we, we dwell on a little bit more. And so I like that Picard is getting the chance to do that. Um, what's interesting to me, I think, is... Uh, seeing picard's character so obviously um uh patrick stewart has gotten older since 1989 what really? um uh, no it's happened for sure um it's been 30 years uh so i like seeing how they touch on uh picard evolving as a character as well so like there's a lot of things like um man what was it in the last episode picard says something like um oh i i love data because he was you know like strong and emotionally distant or whatever and I, I don't remember exactly what he says you know and but he he follows it up something with like oh like i was you know like he admits that like one of his faults you know is that he sort of you know kept everybody at arm's length uh which again watching tng you're like that's a recurring theme like do you remember uh that there's an episode i i think it's another season three episode where he goes to risa basically after the crew forces him captain's holiday yeah, yeah. The, it's like he goes to this x planet and then everybody's try, like trying to get down and he's like i'm trying to read my fucking book and yeah <laughs> well i mean he didn't say that in tng yeah. he would say it now though yes exactly um but it's just so funny because it's like he he is so you know like priestly practically so i like i like picard's take on it because it's like it actually humanizes him quite a lot um and 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 it's not even a really a retcon like i i just think that's it's like a no it's not a retcon he just doesn't lose any growth that he made previously you know what i mean like so many times like yeah you come it's, back. Just like, it's just like they finally acknowledge it right uh one of the things that i think picard has done amazingly well is that the characters that we knew from TNG that have made uh, cameos or uh, or just been full on characters and have not only not lost any growth that they had, but they're actually being written better in some ways. Uh, Deanna Troy is a huge example of that. Oh yeah, because they actually wrote lines for her that made sense based on the fact that she's an empath. Um, with Riker, uh, they kept all the elements that made Riker who he was: his love of jazz, his cooking like all of that kind of stuff the only thing he didn't do in his uh you know more recent role is you know he's not a womanizer because he and deanna are actually like married and raising kids and whatnot which again um, was another smart move yeah and it, they just they just it seems like the people that are writing picard as much as everybody wants to say oh this is the trek i love this isn't the same trek they're definitely being written by people who know these characters and are familiar with the with the the material and whatnot so i really don't understand what all the backlash is coming from based on how well things are, are written i think it's a little bit two things so, so okay i want to talk really quickly 
I'll, I'll mention uh, Deanna. So like, um, again, having just watched Generations and uh, First Contact, Deanna gets short shrift. Like it, it, one of the things that I noticed, and, and it's surprising to me that I noticed this, uh, but like you have to get six names into the credits before you reach a female name. You know, so that that, that would be, of course, uh, Marina Sirtis and uh, Gates McFadden. Uh, um, they come way after everybody else. Um, one of the things that I noticed, especially with uh, Generations, is that like Deanna has practically no role in that movie. Um, and so here, uh, I, I especially enjoyed it because like the average, you know, TNG writing was along the lines of like uh, uh, Deanna would say like, "Oh, he's he feel he's sensing anger or something like that. I'm sensing anger from that person." And instead, in this episode, he she like actually shows empathy and she's like oh like she gets lines like she actually shows how she's empathic rather than just saying like oh he feels like blah 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 um so that was really really cool uh but i think the thing with uh picard that i like is that like the characters gain a dimension that they really didn't have and i think part of that is just simply serializing it a little bit more like um obviously Picard is a very serialized story and each episode matters and there are no bottle episodes. Like you can't just watch one and, you know, get the full impact of it. Whereas most of TNG, like just, you know, put an episode on the roulette wheel and spin and you can pick it and you can watch it. Uh, uh, that's definitely not true for Picard. And I think that's one of the things that actually speaks to it as a strength, but also one of the things that I think has like old school Trekkies like turned off by it because, when you're doing that sort of a story, it's hard to make some of the old school Trek episodes. Um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, I just, I mean, I, obviously, I think fans tend to take ownership of things that they're fans of. And I, that's, that's commendable. I was the way, I was that way about Star Wars for a long time. And, and I really like, you know, the prequels come to mind when I'm like, oh, that's not fucking Star Wars. And that's not really fair because it is Star Wars. It just isn't my preferred star wars mm-hmm. and that's fine um but i mean we love it but that doesn't mean we get to own it and and dictate how it's going to be because not everybody feels the same way about things you know this is a this is a great example of that um and one of the things i like about picard also is i mean in addition to the fact that we get some some amazing cameos uh from familiar characters is the new characters that they've built into picard's world um and done a really good job explaining i think the captain is the only one that has had less explanation and he got a little bit of that uh not this last episode but the week before um but raffi is is a really really well fleshed out character i thought uh and her and picard this most recent episode had a, a really really touching moment yeah um you know and and honestly the um i think all of the the characters have been have been really excellent um hugh hugh got purpose in in this series whereas he was kind of the MacGuffin of the only episodes he was in in uh and TNG, but then he they brought him back into this one, and and actually he he like had a thing that was his that he was doing. So I actually think that that's a brilliant way to bring that up because it's kind of like that's what I'm trying to say. Like Hugh, for example, was imagined as a MacGuffin for TNG, and Picard he's imagined as a character. Yeah, like like that. That's I think a 
theme that uh, crosses both both things. All right. So anyway, uh, short story is watch Picard. It's very good. I like it a lot. Um, if you don't like it, I don't care. Just don't at me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can at me too, but I'll just be a dick. Yeah. I mean, you can. I guess I should say that too. Fine. At me. It's not like I got a lot of attention, but um, I, I will tell you to fuck off. Um, okay. So I do. I do want to reminisce a little bit about classic Trek. Uh, and when I say classic Trek, I mean uh, the Next Generation mostly, because that's the Trek that is most near and dear to my heart. So. Like like all of you, I think uh, through these trying times, these uncertain times in which, uh, you know, giant catastrophic possibly events are happening, you're thinking to yourself, I need to look towards strong leadership. I need I need to feel reassured. Uh, um, and you look up in the real world and you're like, fuck, we don't have any of that. Like, <laughs> there's none of that there. There's no leaders. You don't, you don't find you don't find Agent Orange all that reassuring. No. No, not so much. Um, so uh, instead, I, I I've been watching a lot of the Next Generation. It's it's very funny because the Next Generation, like um, for me, crosses like it's like my happy place. Like it it's the thing I go back to uh pretty much all the time. Like I can fall asleep to it, but it's also like the like uh oh a little bit of strife. Uh, I'm stressed. I don't know what to do. I, I watch some TNG. Like. <clears throat> There's a lot of things I like about it, but uh, most notably, like, uh, um, the thing that I've been watching and feeling a lot lately is just, like, watching Picard interact with the crew, like, and how he handles and problem solves, and uh, uh, it's very clear that Picard's very smart and, you know, has this element of command, but he just takes suggestions from people around him. So, like, when I'm looking at, like, the real world... He he not only doesn't take I mean he 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 does take suggestions but like it's it's beyond that like he asks for suggestions exactly you know what I mean exactly so like it, it's like uh you know like he he understands that like he has a fundamental uh, knowledge drive works or something like that but like if he wants to know some shit about warp drive he asks Jordy you know like I just I love the way he does that uh, um you know especially as I'm watching TV and it's just like uh you know regular ass tv it's like donald trump stands you know okay okay again i'm just there's no reason to beat around the bush we know what i'm talking about but like donald trump is standing next to a doctor who specializes in pandemics and viruses and so on and so forth and has done so for the last fucking 1500 years or something like that and just directly contradicts him you know like if that were picard he'd be like and here's the doctor who knows everything about this please do what he says you know But yeah, uh, the other thing I want to mention too is like, um, there's just so much with this shit that holds up so very well. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of it breaks immersion these days for many reasons. Like we, we already talked about some of it when we were talking about Picard, like, uh, uh, you know, the Borg thing only lasting like basically three episodes at most with Picard it is definitely a, a, a downside or a fault. But there's just so many things when it comes to like leadership, command, discussion of politics, etc., that just hold up so there's, fucking there's, well. The the one thing that I will say doesn't hold up well is uh, you can tell that the writers' room uh, and the producers were still pretty misogynistic back in those days. 
based on how the oh the my god yes i'll give are, you that one are written and yes, treated so very very um, true yeah <laughs> that i mean that only got better as as both the series went on and then other series progressed as well but uh yeah it wasn't it wasn't a great time i don't think uh for for women and trek uh during tng i mean relative um, to its time but still leaps and bounds better than what else yeah, was relative available. to its time they did okay ish kind of um but yeah for sure um like the treatment of women on trek in general has been lackluster to say the least uh, um like i'm still not even sure maybe with the very most recent star trek beyond and and you know discovery and stuff like that they could pass the bechdel test but i I don't think that any of the uh, earlier stuff could probably um <clears throat> but yeah um th- there's just so many like themes in general that i think do hold up very very well um that do just like stand the test of time <sighs> that i just i i really appreciate overall i mean sure maybe it's a little bit more cheesy than we would do it if we would do it today um sure the effects are not as good that as we would do it today but man i i just really enjoy watching the show and it's just so much like putting on like your favorite sweater or something like that after a long day like it 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 just feels so good to watch that show especially in light of you know like current world events so yeah uh i no tng's one of my favorites uh tng is an an amazing show and then if you're looking for something else uh in the sci-fi realm that's really 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 good um in terms of uh character development and whatnot is i always fall back on stargate sg1 that's right up there too like they they have a lot of similar elements like i want to say i i think i think tng gets a little bit more philosophical um which I enjoy, but uh, Stargate goes there too, and it, it's a lot of fun as well. And like, they both have similar MacGuffins with the whole like, you know, Stargate can take you to other planets, uh, Enterprise can take you to other planets. Like, they get to experience all those different things. First, first contact situations. Exactly. And like, uh, man, I'm I'm probably definitely due for a Stargate rewatch. Um, that's such a fun just- good show just finished it. Uh, well, I mean, I actually, honestly, I made a playlist that's got all of um sg1 atlantis uh and uh universe as well as the the origins show from my my wife gets really annoyed when she goes oh hey look it's cal drogo and i'm like do you fucking mean ronan dax (laughs) because that's ronan dax so i was i was watching atlantis uh, a couple weeks ago and it was one of the first episodes that he was in and um my wife looked at the tv and she's like why is aquaman here and why is he so small (laughs) awesome yeah i th- I think he so, was a season two edition but obviously he he was obviously yeah. that worked out it's it's funny actually because uh man with the exception of richard dean anderson i think he's probably eclipsed anything else in terms of just like raw name recognition that anybody else has done on that series so um i'm gonna go ahead and say that momoa probably has the even the he tips the scales even over richard dean anderson because i mean that's macgyver and and uh and jack o'neill but really that's about it like momoa has uh i mean he's motherfucking aquaman at this point so yeah for sure um he took the the lamest dc hero and made him rad and and made him rad yeah (laughs) so all right you want to talk about your raspberry pi a little bit 
Yeah, so this is funny. Um, uh, it was probably a couple weeks back I ran across this link, which I've got in the show notes, uh, which talks uh, about a Raspberry Pi, but uh, it was basically like a collapse-ready, so when, when, I mean collapsive society-ready Raspberry Pi. So there's uh, basically a specialized case, and actually the case is the least specialized part. It's a Pelican case, and then um, a whole bunch of shit that goes into a Raspberry Pi that can basically be powered by pretty much anything, also has a battery built into it, and then um, basically serves as your like end of end of society sort of bug out computer. Um, so it, it's pretty cool. I, uh, I, I put this in more as a thought starter sort of link combo. Think about what you would do here. Um, so obviously computers wise. Um, so this is another one of my funny panic things that we've done with this is like, uh, I, for example, have all of Wikipedia on my iPad now, um, because you can do that pretty easily through various apps. Uh, but uh, the Raspberry Pi thing I have not gone so far as to do because obviously uh, when you, if, if you follow the link in the show notes, you'll see it requires quite a lot of special, uh, um, whether it's 3D printed stuff or specialized wiring and stuff like that that you have to do yourself, solder and so on. Um, so I haven't made that, but it's a super rad project in that this, base, this thing is basically uh, uh, built for anything from electromagnetic pulse to nuclear winter and so on. Um, so that when you get done, you can power it with basically anything and you've got, you know, your survival gear complete on a Raspberry Pi. So like, I've thought about this in terms of like, I assume that includes like an emulator for all of your favorite Mario games. Well, the first thing they actually talk about was like how to get the controller like in there so that you could easily retract and, uh, uh, so on. Okay. That's not true. I made that part, the less part up, but, um, yeah, I mean that that is an idea. Like when I was thinking about this project, I was thinking like, so it's it's basically the desert island game. Like, what five books, what five movies, what five CDs do you take to desert island on a desert island that you only have for the rest of your life? And so, um, this one's a little bit, you know, like more serious in that, like, you've only got sixty four gigs. What are you going to put in there? Yeah, well, I mean, whatever size of uh, the, these days, it's a lot more than sixty-four because it's a micro SD card, and you can put whatever you want in there. Yeah, I think I have a Pi One though, and I think its limitation was like I think it couldn't 64. handle uh, thirty-two. Yeah. I think I don't think it could handle bigger than thirty-two. So this this is definitely using the latest Pi hardware. I th- I want to say it's the Pi Three, Pi Pi Three Plus or B+. whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so they, you know, basically whatever the largest size SD card is the one that you can fit. Um, they, they use that one. Um, so what would you put on there? And so there's an obvious sort of like practical layer of this of like, oh, I'd put uh, Wikipedia on there. I'd put a map collection on there. I'd put all the like, here's how to build a basic transistor. Here's how to build, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, what, what else? What would go on your, you know, sort of Desert Island Raspberry Pi? Well, right on. I'm I'm actually showing the producers what a Raspberry Pi is. Yeah, I I've said Raspberry Pi in this house many times and talked about it, and my wife always, always without a doubt makes a joke about how it's an actual pie. Although I do have a peach Raspberry Pi in my freezer that Emmy was supposed to make this morning and then didn't. What are you doing, Emmy? Well. Sorry, it was a little quiet. It sounded like excuses. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're a parent. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, 
So, so your your fictional end of the world Raspberry Pi. What goes on that? What goes on mine? Yeah. Oh. Or like, what what would you want to save? So I was thinking about this. Like, okay, so obviously I I joked about this on Twitter and and I think over text. Like, okay, well, like I've got in my garage, I've got like my media bunker. You know, like th- there's a whole bunch of shit on there. Like, uh, so for example, today we lost internet, and it mostly didn't really bother me all that much. It, I mean, it did because there's some things that like you can only do well, live. Like Plex like, doesn't work without internet. That's <laughs> a pain in the ass. It does. It does uh, for certain things. Um, obviously, some things break with Plex because they rely on the internet. Right. Um, but for example, like I, I basically spent all that downtime watching content that I had on my Plex. It didn't used to work without without internet. Like, I, it had to it had to handshake somewhere. Uh, maybe that maybe they've gotten better. I don't know. I haven't really not had internet in so long that I haven't noticed. Yeah. Um. But like today. Um. You know, so like I have twenty or thirty. Ter- I th- I think I have about twenty terabytes of content of of space on my Plex, um, and quite a lot of that, if we're being honest, is garbage that I could definitely get rid of. Um, but there's some things that like, oh yeah, like if I could only take say like an iPad with 128 gigs or whatever, here's what I'd load on it, and you know, so what what fits that bill for you? Oh. I'd have books. Oh yeah, books are easy because like, like that. I mean, that's they're they're super thing. small. They're super small, but um, books, comic books. Uh, I mean, things that I'm that I'm entertained by. Um, and you know, that's what I do if I don't have anything else. You know, if I don't have like video entertainment, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm reading something. Uh, I don't know. Can you fit the entirety of TNG on 128 gigs? <laughs> I mean, compression's up to you, but yeah, you definitely can. Like, in fact, most even the, even the high compression, like the best quality shows that I have are around three gig gigabytes per episode. Um, so yeah, TNG would definitely fit, especially because it was shot in SD. Um, and even the Blu-ray remasters, you know, you can downsample quite a bit. So yeah, you could easily fit TNG plus a lot more. Yeah. I mean there's there's definitely some shows that I I watch over and over again. Um uh, TNG's one of them, Stargate's one of them, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is another one. Nice. Supernatural, right? <laughs> Cuz demons and shit. <laughs> I mean, I've actually uh poured through uh quite a bit of Supernatural in in anticipation of being caught up for uh the series finale um at the end of this season. Yeah, yeah, she says it's a race to the end. Uh Jesus. We're 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 a little more than midway through uh season fourteen and then we'll be on the current season, which has I think eight more episodes before it's over. Wow. So and that's if they're all filmed. If they had to stop filming at all, uh we're fucked anyway, but Yeah, that's rough. Um yeah anyway uh i just that thinking about that like um storage is somewhat limited here like i suppose you could slap a four terabyte hard drive in there and hope that you know like the mechanics of that were gonna hold up but realistically that's probably not what you'd want to do you'd probably want to go with something solid state so you're probably looking at about a terabyte maybe maximum well the thing with the pie is it's everything's on the sd it doesn't have 
uh, a, a dedicated storage for the OS. So the one disadvantage is like you can't you can't put all of your content on multiple SDs unless you want to just clone the same OS. Well, I mean, but it does have you. you can. It does have USB. So if you wanted to, like, there's a million ways you could slap a USB hard drive onto that thing. Um, or a USB or just SSD. a just a USB uh, SSD reader, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, realistically, you're you're looking about a terabyte of storage. So, like, the first thing I thought about with this was like, holy shit, I can put like the entire library, you know, on this thing because books are tiny, tiny, tiny. Like, a, a one to two megabytes is probably all you're looking at at a book at, at for a, most I mean, it, books. It, it depends on depends on format, but yeah your desert island pie with like a terabyte um so there's a lot of things like obviously you'd want some like basic survival material i'd put wikipedia on there because why not like it's only like 500 gigs or something like that even with images like you could put the whole of wikipedia on there for some ridiculously small storage um uh and then yeah probably probably you know some manuals on how to build you know like traps and weapons yeah that's a good idea um there's see like i need to find some more like practical examples of like because hypothetically you're like oh those things exist right those manuals exist uh but i I don't know what they would be um and then obviously the media properties like uh the other thing that throws a wrench into the plan is like so this is the only media i'm gonna have for like the rest of my life that means i'm gonna show future generations this stuff what do i show them um so there's like a middle ground between like comfort food sort of like this is the media i always want to have with me and also like this is the example of high art that i want to show them so for example logan i'd throw logan in there yeah sure sure we don't really do high art a lot in our family so i mean probably like the entirety of the kevin smith movie collection (laughs) very good Welcome to the new society, bitches. Snoochie boochie. Snoochie boochies. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So that's that's my thing. Uh, there's a link for that in the show notes if you want to see the build for the Raspberry Pi. It's pretty cool if you're into that kind of shit. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Got any you want to talk about? You got anything you want to talk about? No, no. Uh, just just keep on plugging away uh we're gonna we're gonna do this uh more regularly um even probably after there's not a virus outbreak um sans pandemic you I know mean, right provided now, we're it alive. Is basically the law we are white old men um who have you know so like it, it the legal requirement is now we stay indoors and isolate but also that we start a podcast like uh we we fortunately have already started one before and in fact, this is that one podcast we started, but it is pretty much the law. We we do occasionally need to remind one another that we did start a podcast at one time. It is a thing that happens, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, and we're not going to probably talk coronavirus a whole bunch uh, going forward because the entire reason that we wanted to start this up again uh, was to basically uh, put put out some entertainment that maybe takes your mind off of the infectious disease that's running rampantly through our country and the rest of the world. Yeah, we'll do our best. Um, um, I mean, I guess it's maybe not quite as rampant as conservatism in some places, but you know, it's getting there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, that's the show for this week. Um, we are still twitter.com slash whatever show or at whatever show in the Twitter parlance. Do we still have a Facebook? I think you posted on Facebook. 
We do have a Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash whatever show. Um, I am at Matt Tesson on Twitter. Uh, Eddie is at Charles E. Smith. Yeah. Um, you know, send your various questions and hate mail and so on forth to those handles. And we'll be sure to give you the uh, middle finger emoji. Hey, uh, if you're super old um, and you have to use email, questions at whatever.co or uh, sponsor, one one sponsor, not multiple, at whatever.co. There- Although for clarity, you can sponsor a lot if you want to. You can. Um, it's just the the uh, the actual email address is sponsor at whatever.co. It only took us it took us like a hundred episodes to figure that out. But I was going to say we, we we definitely got that right for a hundred episodes or more. Yeah. Thanks for joining, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yeah. See you next week. <laughs>